Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next, your new favorite beer with zero carbs, now available to you. I enjoy hearing you every morning. Your mom is so fat, when she wears heels, she strikes oil. (laughs) (laughs) Them hogs, man. Them hogs can't do no wrong, fella. Have you ever slapped a bag, Tommy? All right, we are with the newest SEC Network football analyst, Takio Spides. Takio, I was just telling you before, I mean, this is my favorite event. How has it been for you for your first time on this side of things? Uh, it's, it's been well. It's, it's, it's going well. I'm surrounded by a great cast, great crew, and I really appreciate the uh, support that we have at the SEC Network, and I love the idea of all of the cast and crew, the guys, are all SEC legends. And we get a kick out of it because not only do we tease each other, but we really look forward to hearing all of the stories. We look hearing we look forward to hearing what coaches got coming up in the pipeline. What's the object what's the objective? You know, what's the what's the call what's the action plan as far as getting their team to the next level. And then you know, once we get the information, we dissect it as if we're in the barbershop just getting a cut and we talking ball. I love that you have a player's perspective just talking about that SEC championship game in 97. And I'm sure you could recount a bunch of different games that you played uh, back in the days. And you've seen a kind of a dynamic shift a little bit with at one point in time, the East in the 90s was kind of the top dog early 2000s. And now it's shifted to the West with Auburn. I know Georgia just won the national championship. But what can you say about the conference kind of division shift to power as of late? I I just think. I love the conference. Like, for me, if I could just watch SEC football and nothing else, I'm okay, (laughs) like, to be completely honest with you. And I think a lot of it had to do with the personalities. You look at Mike Leach. (laughs) Got to love Mike Leach. Uh, You look at Nick Saban. You look at Jimbo Fisher, right? And you cannot leave Lane Kiffin out of there. Uh, Brian Kelly. The, the new Cajun of the South. So uh, ultimately, overall, 
I think a lot of it has to do with not just the personalities, but the proven success tie that these teams or the coaches have brought down inside of these programs. And now they're really instilling belief and hope to kids who always wanted to play in the SEC and always wanted to go to the NFL. And they know these guys can get me there. Two guys, Bumper Pool, who's here with us now, and then Drew Sanders, the Alabama transfer. What do you think they're going to be for Barry Odom's defense this year, Takiyo? I think they're both going to be great. I'm a little bit more familiar with Bumper Pool. I thought it was impressive to see he didn't even start. Came off the bench in a lot of games and still had over 100 tackles. You know, so... Started one game, actually, and came off the bench and had 125 tackles now that my memory serves me correct. To me, he's a dog. And, you know, and you want players like that who are always going to be active. And the report card on him is smart football player and has a knack for knowing where the ball is going before it gets there. And so when you see that, I think you can build around a good program and you can build your foundation around that because it's one thing that you have to be or you have to have that's consistent in order to call plays and get into a rhythm. A signal caller who can get everybody else into position. That's you on defense. And that's me on defense as the linebacker, which will be bumper pool. And then you also look at the the, uh, aspect of getting people lined up and letting them know, hey, this is what we have. This is what's presented. Let's go get it. One of the things that I've already appreciated about you just sitting down with you is passion. My favorite, 30 for 30. And I'm going to say it out of respect for you and call it War Eagle Roll Tide, not Roll Tide War Eagle. Because you still have a disdain and a hatred for that team in red. And Arkansas doesn't like Alabama. The SEC, what I think makes it new, you can, you can speak this better than anything because you played, is the rivalries that are deeply rooted in deep hate, man. It is. And... People ask me, well, what do you think about, you know, the realignment, conference realignment? You know, I I have several thoughts. One, I don't worry about teams who are embedded in the SEC because they're not going anywhere. Um, But it's just something about those rivalries. I remember playing Arkansas and, my God, Madre Hill going back in the day and You know, the fabric of what makes Arkansas Arkansas is the fact that you guys have a great offensive line, hard-nosed running backs. Nothing has changed. Now you got a quarterback with K.J. Jefferson in there to add into that equation. And so, for me, it's really about keeping the rivalries in place. Um, I think of – I know I'm drifting a little bit, but I I, I just – I love the game, man. I, I can't imagine waking up and not having an Iron Bowl to be able to watch. You went back and you got your degree after you left. 2016, right? Yep. That's something that I know Sam Pittman just got up there and talked about the graduation rates. And there are guys that you played with or played against that may have went off to the NFL like you did and then came back. What does that mean to you as we close you out, Takio? It means a lot, Ty. Thank you for asking that. Number one, I made a promise to my mother to always go back because I was the first guy. She used to say, boy, you better take your ass back to school and get your degree. And I used to look at her and say, well, if I got a lot of money, then why should I? She was like, because you might go broke and you might have to use it. And so, uh, you're using it. You know, but I am using it now, you know, broadcast journalism. And so, and she said she was just joking about going yeah. broke because she know if I go broke, she goes broke, then we all broke and that ain't helping nobody. 
Great stuff from Takiyo Spikes, former Auburn linebacker. Really appreciate your time this morning, Takiyo. Thanks, Ty. I thought when he mentioned Madre Hill, someone he had to go up against and kind of the fabric of Arkansas, Tommy, what it was then and what it is now. I feel like time is an endless circle, right? You had some really strong running teams. You've had them over the years, and that's what Sam Pittman is almost trying to reestablish in Fayetteville once again. Even, and I think it gets overlooked. I know that Arkansas had an incredible passing attack with Ryan and Tyler, but you also had Niall Davis, who had over 1,000 yards, and Dennis Johnson, and Ronnie Wingo. I mean, you had some dudes running the football, too. And you think about, you know, since joining the SEC, and Arkansas has always had a great history of in, you know, in-state players, but Madre Hill, one of those first great running backs in the SEC era, and him and Barry Lunny, the, the quarterback, uh, who are two of the main components of getting you to that 95 championship game. It didn't go well against Florida in that game, but uh, uh, first time Arkansas got there, and People thought it might be decades before Arkansas got there. You got there, uh, you know. It's been been a little while since you've been there, you know, since '06. But Arkansas had some success with with Madre Hill, and I remember that that knee injury that uh, that sidelining. So um, there's some tough dudes. You look at that that offensive line on that that team in '98, and it was comprised of you know Sandlin and Boster and Burlesworth and all the guys that were from here in state and mean and nasty up front, and uh, you know so. It comes back to these these kids that have a passion. That's what you can hear from Spikes is his passion for the game and you know passion for his university. Well, I just think it's easier. And we've talked about this. I mean, Houston Nutt used to preach sermons on you know on the passion of being a Razorback because he was from this state. He understood it and uh, was able to communicate that very well. So I think that was one of the reasons his. His teams often reached an emotional level that it, it was hard for, for other teams to match. Because they weren't always the most talented. Now, in some cases, the word, in some cases, they had a lot of talent, but sometimes hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And you saw in some cases where the the Nuts teams, Nuts teams and several other teams would go up against competition that on paper, it shouldn't have even been a ball game, but because they just wanted it more in certain cases it it was well you go back and you look and we we've, we've had this conversation you know several times before but you go back and you look at the two deeps on these teams that had higher win totals and made championship games and they're loaded with Arkansas kids the better teams that Arkansas are you know particularly up front on the lines are generally loaded with quite a few on your uh, you know you're starting 22 if you will or you're too deep you know, with with tons of kids from our state, that because as you said, they just play a little bit harder. So, I mean, you can just hear the passion there with Spikes. I thought, uh, you know, I think he's a good add to the SEC network, and I'm glad he spent some time with you last mm-hmm. week. It was a it was a good conversation. All right, Tommy, I was I was watching, and actually, I want to say this real quick before we get into this solemn thing that we're going to do coming up. Basketball practice four o'clock on Wednesday. We're going to get a chance to see it. I know you're going to watch it on the highlights and stuff. What, what do you want to hear about or see come Thursday morning slash Wednesday night? First of all, I hope my schedule works out where I can go. Um, trying to move some things around where I can be there at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. But I'm excited. I mean, first of all, we're getting ready to go into basketball or to a football camp opening for fall. And basketball is something, A, we're paying attention to, and B, they're getting ready to make this international trip so i think i'm as interested in what a and i don't know that you when it's open to the public you're gonna get a full taste of it i'm as interested in a must practice and the structure and and what you see there and how he conducts it as i am the great talent that he's compiled for this roster uh i don't know that in the limited time that 
media is going to be allowed to watch it, you're going to pick up on all this chemistry and all this. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that's hard to reference because you don't know where they began and you don't know where it's going to end. All you're going to get is a snapshot. That's the best, you know, hey, we're thankful to, to get this snapshot. So I think they're going to come out and put on a little bit of a show. They want people talking as they're, uh, as they're heading to Spain. And this is a great invite and a great opportunity to get, um, you know, the, the media talking and, and shows like ours talking about Musselman and his program before they head to, was it Spain and Italy? Or I know it's. Yeah, that sounds right because it's going Valencia. to two countries. Yeah, that, I believe that's correct. And I told, when we saw Eric in Omaha, I was like, I mean, since I've been around, I can't remember the last time we've talked about basketball this early. We've got basketball promos running because it is such a intense conversation. I know football is always going to be on the front in the off season and as we enter the season, but we still get basketball questions several times a week on this program via text because so many people are interested in the second best recruiting class in the country in a great home schedule with Kentucky coming to your place in addition to going to Lexington. And on top of all of that, you're going to be preseason top 10, maybe even top five, depending on when the rankings come out. Yeah, you know, I think we all have a pretty good feel for you know Nick Smith and Barry Dunning and Joseph Pinion and this recruiting class of the six players that came in. I think, at least for me, and I, I, you know, I want to gain a better sense of the transfer players that have come in and then filling in with, with Devo and the players that you've got returning. So I think that's, to, to me at least, and I, you, know, you may not be – the transfer portal players that we're not as familiar with because we didn't cover them in the recruiting process as much is would probably be the most interesting part of watching a practice to me. Which you've got the Mitchell twins, mm-hmm. Jalen Graham coming over from Arizona State. Help me with the young man from Wichita State. That's going to be a, a senior. Help me on that, Drew. Uh, is it uh, Ricky Council? Yeah, Ricky Council. That's four. Trevin Brazil's five. I think they have six, right? Mm-hmm. No, that's right. Five, Five transfers, six, six freshmen, right. Right. two coming back. Right. So that's 13, plus the two walk-ons. In our, We've just spent a lot more conversation on the, on the recruits. Yeah, so. and, and deservedly so when you have three five-stars coming in. They're mm-hmm. going to get more accolades. But, the I mean, you look at last year's recruiting class, you only had one freshman, Chance Moore, who's no longer here. He transferred to can't even remember where Chance, or where Chance transferred to, but that was the only guy you brought in. You brought in Stanley Boudet, you brought in Trey Wade, uh, you brought in Chris Likes and, and some other guys. That was who the class was comprised of last year, and this one with the five transfers and the six freshmen, it's a lot different than what the roster intake yeah. looked like last, at this point last year. Yeah, we get you know, a chance to ask Musk this question. If, if we get to talk to him, I'm sure there will be that opportunity Will these practices, will this trip, and they always have some preseason practices, but now you're going to have more time for your team to be together. How much more of a jump start can you expect with the chemistry? Because there's no question Muss's teams have gotten off to a little bit slower start from a from a performance and chemistry and playing their best basketball standpoint, which has been fine. But do you expect to play better basketball in November and December than what we've seen under his programs? You know, if that's the case, can you expect to see an even higher level of performance, which that's what excites me come February, March, because while his teams have maybe come out of the gates a little slow, they finished in the home stretch. Great. And that's what it's all about. So a trip to Spain and Italy is, you know, 
meaningless if that doesn't probably give you that jump start. But the, the main thing is, in the end, no one's going to remember Spain and Italy if you don't remember at least an, an Elite Eight run or a Final Four what run. They, what they do in the postseason. Yeah, yeah that's all that it's really going to matter. Maybe right? if you have a stronger regular season, you get off to a quicker start, then you can get that one or two seed mm-hmm. that you felt like you deserved maybe one of the last two years. You just got a three seed the last two years, which is still a great seed. I mean, you're not going to complain or moan about that. But in order to play in Kansas City, Missouri, which is three and a half hours from campus and the closest in proximity of any of the Elite Eight sides, it's Louisville, KC, I think New York, and somewhere, I think it's on Cali, somewhere in the Elite Eight sides, you need to be a one or two seed. That's just how it, how it needs to work out. And that way you're guaranteed a massive fan base that's going to be almost a home atmosphere. Bud Walden, what is that, west or is it north? KC, Casey's what north of Fayetteville? Yes, right. but well north. <laughs> I'm there. amazed at your geographical know, uh, reference I points. Landmarks. I don't look at maps. I just know well, landmarks. I don't. I don't. I just drive. We're I gonna get, get down the there. We're gonna go down there to yeah, Kansas City. We're gonna City. go down there. We're to go down there to Kansas and get City. some barbecue. Right. So get some good barbecue. <laughs> so, but I think, um, and I, I'd have to pull the media guide out. I'm gonna guess it's going to be like 95. Would be the last time you've hit 30, 30 wins in a season, and um, right. in the regular, regular season, season. Regular okay. season. I'm not right. talking about post, talking about regular season. You'd have a, a chance to be somewhere near that number if you get off to you know better November start. I mean, I don't know that undefeated going into conference play guarantees you anything because we've seen we've seen Pelfrey teams, we saw Mike Anderson teams that had great non conference records, and then where did it end up? you know, come conference play, like a six games kid to start conference play. So none of that really matters if you don't follow it up. And uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see how they can come out of the gates because I think the closer you can get to that 30 regular season wins or maybe 30 coming out of your conference tournament, exactly what you're talking about, which is correct. Um, you got a chance to be a one or a two seed, be close to home, maybe put yourself in a better position to, to get there. Yeah. So. We'll have to wait and see what ends up happening, but we'll have some information and details and, and post about that on Wednesday night. We'll talk about it more extensively on Thursday morning. So, Tommy, I was watching this video. There's this guy that goes around different campuses, and, you know, our age, our demographic, my, and I'm pointing at mine, listens to music a lot. Mm-hmm. And so he just goes up to him and asks, hey, what song are you listening to? So you and Drew play your phones right now. All right. And yours is a little different because I know your kids are on your account. So we're going to play the last song that's either been downloaded or listened to, whichever one's easier to find. This is the one... Probably tell you the last downloaded song easier. All right. You got yours up? Yep. All right, go and pull up YouTube and we're going to rate it um, and see what that is. Drew, do you have yours? <laughs> Yeah, I got my last uh, added song it, on the iTunes. And these can't have expletives in it, right? No, this one doesn't. Okay, does this yours have it? not either. Okay. Go and pull up YouTube, Tom, and we're going to rate your song. I'll play mine first. Let me click this real quick, Tom, and then you can grab that. This is, and I have, I this I started listening to this guy two weeks ago. Uh, his name's Bailey Zimmerman. He's kind of a younger uh, country artist. And y'all tell me what you think of this song. I've got it on the B-Bar, too. So uh, y'all tell me what you think of this song, and then... We'll listen to y'all's and see what we're right. We've got a couple texts already on some the most recent song you've downloaded, and we'll rate them this morning. Here is Rockin' a Hard Place. Have a slow start. Yeah. We've been swinging and missing 
It ain't broke yet, but damn, it needs fixing. Been a while since you kissed, felt like kissing. It's just different. We've been talking about forever since we've been together. Something battering makes you think we're better off with all this. But we're caught in between a rock and a hard place. That. That. Get that. Quick rating. One out of ten. Give it a point two. Give it a decimal. 7.6. I like, I like it. 8.5. Yeah, 8.5. Okay. Who is that again? It's Bailey Zimmerman. Bailey like 21 Zimmerman. Or 22. Huh. All right. So you've got right. ears up. This is. I've got a story time? behind this. This is an older song. This is. Yeah. Hang on. I got to kill your song. This is uh, a guy named Steve Holy. Okay. It's a love song. Yeah, here. this is a, a great song. It's a ballad. And this, it's called Good Morning Beautiful. Good morning, beautiful. How is a good song for your wedding, huh? This is a great song. This is a great song. The reason I downloaded this song. That's yeah, a fantastic song. My wife wanted to dance to it. Fortunately, she wanted to dance to it with me. Apparently, this was our song back 20 years ago, or one of the songs we first danced to. I had forgotten that. She reminded me. <laughs> So about, uh, I don't know, it was the last song I downloaded, about a month ago. We were on vacation. This is in the nines. I'll give this a 9.3. Yeah, this, and I heard this song's probably 25 years old. Okay. I don't know. It's, a, it's an older one. So. Okay. Anyway. I'll give that a 9.3. It's a good song. So Definitely. All right, Drew. Kind what, of a sappy love song. No, but so. it's a great song. Yeah. Drew, what, what is yours this morning? And again, this doesn't have any expletives in it. It, it does not. Okay. Um, I mean, it might be a little embarrassing that this is my last downloaded <laughs> song, but... I was preparing for karaoke for ICC Media Days. I thought this could have been a crowd pleaser, something we talked about on halftime. What is it? So I type uh, it in here. Seven Things by Miley Cyrus. Okay. Wow. Have you? I, I mean, I I know this song. Seven Things I Hate About You. You were gonna sing this song. All right, let's this let's give this. Song this a me little. and Phil uh, officially agreed on. One, two, three, four. <laughs> but Caroline wasn't even there. <laughs> it's a breakup song. Why do I think this about Carol? Not the end. Here, go ahead. Let me turn your mic up. I, I can't turn hers down. Sing along there, Drew. What would it have sounded like? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Come on, well, belt it out, buddy. Well, you know. Come on, we're going to hit the chorus here. Come on, let's go, baby. Dear, my dear. This is everything I hate about you. <laughs> she was so hot in middle school. My gosh. This is a throwback. You make you make you reach again. You love me, you like her. You make me laugh, you make me cry. I don't know which side to find. I just want everybody to know that's tight. Yeah, it's a great song. I just, <laughs> it is a great I didn't song. That's a hard one to karaoke to, I think, because there's a lot of words. There it is. You, it is. Well, that's why I downloaded it, so I made sure I, I memorized the all the words. Um, it's kind of like trying to do uh, Garth's "And Going Down to the Sun Comes Up." I mean, that's a hard one to karaoke to. Uh, all right, we got a couple more. Let's see. This is one from Beverly, Father Abraham Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys. That's the latest one. You've heard of Have you heard of that song? I have, I've obviously heard okay. of Beastie Boys, but no. Okay. Uh, Mafia Matt says that you need my, to... My wife and daughter love the Beastie Boys. I thought you picked a really good song. This one's this one brings back good middle school memories. Oh, it's great, man. Um, I love that. 
Drew and Fayville said the last download song is Same Boat by Zach Brown Band. That's a good one there. Is it? Yeah. I'm trying to, I know a lot of Zach Brown Band, but I'm trying to think it's with that. It's a fairly new one because I, I just I added that one to my playlist oh, it was a little while a year ago. ago. Wow. Yeah. It's it's fairly new. Okay. Back in the 1920s, my daddy did. And, uh, just played it right off here. That's all right. Boy, you didn't have running water. We didn't get to the song. It's- Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV. That's BLEAV. EAV to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. PristineAuction.com is the most trusted sports memorabilia auction site. With an A plus BBB rating, auctions on PristineAuction.com start at just $1, and each day there are over 1,000 autographed items available. So you win signed authentic signatures at affordable prices. Just last week, an autographed Justin Herbert jersey sold for $110. Deals like these are happening all the time on pristineauction.com. And they have just about every player you could want, including Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and so much more. Every item on pristineauction.com comes with a certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators. Upgrade your collection of signed memorabilia today and get $10 off your first item one when you use code HTL when you sign up. Again, pristineauction.com, use code HTL and get $10 off your first item one. And that's not all. In addition to $10 off your first item, we are giving away a signed Traylon Burks Arkansas Razorbacks jersey to one lucky listener who signs up using this code HTL. Here's your chance to win. All you have to do is sign up on their website using our registration code HTL to be entered. Visit pristineauction.com slash register today. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Now he does a tightrope act. Boy, Houdini's in the house. We're number three, and nobody's home to watch that house. Touchdown, Hogs! So you got two guys yesterday added to more watch lists. Bumper Pool is named to the Buckus Award watch list, given the best linebacker in all of college football. Jalen Catalan was named to the Jim Thorpe Award watch list as well. And I had forgotten about Ricky Stromberg being named to the Remington. I think if I had to guess, Cam Little is going to be named to the watch list for the Lou Groza. Might have one or two others. Arkansas offensive line is probably going to be up for the Joe Moore Award as well. So we are talking about a little earlier this morning. We are talking about practice earlier. We're going to get a chance to watch practice tomorrow at 4 o'clock in the Eddie Sutton Men's Basketball Practice Gym. We're going to have video for you and some audio as well on hitthatline.com and our YouTube channel as well, plus our social media pages, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Some more basketball news. Arkansas, and actually I say Arkansas, they haven't announced this yet. Scotty Bordelon of Whole Hog Sports got this intel thanks to a, a Freedom of Information Act request that you're going to be playing San Jose State. Thank God it's not football. <laughs> right, Tommy? December yeah. 3rd inside of Bud Walton Arena. That, um, I get, starting to 
take shape a little bit with the with a non conference schedule. You know a few things like Oklahoma on there, and I guess it won't be long. You'll ha- you'll have a full schedule. We've got a little more detail on the SEC schedule, so um, tickets are sold. I mean, you know, th- at this point, you're I guess you're just trying to fill in the cracks because all your tickets are pretty well sold out at this point. Clay, when does the basketball schedule come out? About kind of what approximate time period? Uh, I think in the next next month. Yeah, I mean, I Usually think August. it's. It's the. I think most of it's already out. I mean, you they've gave you the the you know the conference games, right? Mm-hmm, right. Correct. Uh, and I think that uh, Matt and Scotty have FOI'd enough of the stuff that we can put together. What's the schedule? Uh, there's just one or two games that probably haven't we don't know about. Uh, and we may know who they're playing. We just don't know the dates, right? Yeah, because you don't – correct me if I'm wrong. They haven't released the actual days the SEC no, schedule has come out. So. No, but, it, yeah, you're right. But it's uh, – I would believe it's any time. You know, they uh, – you know, they're, they're selling season tickets. You'd kind of like to know the schedule, right? And I don't know how many season tickets are left to sell. I mean, it was Point. pretty full. I mean, it'd be, it would be in the hundreds, not the thousands, if, if even that many, Clay. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's probably a foregone conclusion that it'll be it'll be sold out, and when you play conference games, it'll be packed. It won't be packed in the non-conference. That's just that's that's the way it is, and it will frustrate Eric Musselman that there'll be people that don't use their tickets. But it's just the way it is. Yeah, particularly in November when football's still the focus. Yeah. December kind of transition period, holidays, but the, the holidays for, the, for yeah. the better opponents. It will be full for Saturday conference games full, and I think for the bigger, you know, like we saw with Auburn last year, the bigger weeknight games, you know, tough tickets, tough tickets to get when you're playing a ranked team. So I mean, uh, you know, there's none better than Bud Walton when you're playing a great opponent. You got a really good basketball team. They play, and I don't know if this game again. We don't have the time yet. I don't believe, but they'll play Oklahoma on Saturday, December the 10th, and that game was at what two o'clock last year? Is that right? One o'clock. That's in Tulsa, right? Yeah, yeah. correct. B- BOK Center, neutral side at Tulsa. You've also got them playing in. It's is it Maui this year? Maui next year? It's Bahamas this year, right? Or I switch it? I think it's no. I think it's Maui. It's this Maui year. this year. Maui. Then then the uh, go to Atlantis. So that's yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. So you've got that. So again, you've got a great schedule this year, so, um, including Kentucky at home, which only has happened. One other time in the history of the SEC where you played Kentucky on the road at, at home in the same season. That was in 2014, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of intriguing. Uh, Clay, you, you texted me this last night. I, I saw it on Twitter. I just didn't add it to the rundown that Cody Kennedy got engaged in, was it New Orleans? Is that right? It was, yeah. The, the picture that he put on showed a little Mardi Gras band in the background. I would have liked to have, with a big tuba player, I would love to have had sound put to that where we had a little music to go with it. I'm sure that was a festive atmosphere. And congratulations to to, uh, to Coach Kennedy. You know, and just uh, I think I'm going to get to sit down with him this week as far part of my Hogs Plus, and I love to talk to offensive line coaches. <laughs> Talked to Dalton Wagner last week, and we just released the Harold Horton stuff. So my my Hogs Plus career is rolling now. Yeah, so tell me more about Dalton Wagner, and then we'll we'll wrap up our hog update. But uh, obviously, yeah. a, a grown man, what twenty four years old, and coming 24. back for his sixth year. He, he's he's not the oldest. Can y'all guess who's the oldest? Dorian Gerald. Correct. Dorian right. is twenty five. Yeah, he's been there like nine now, years. Now he, he hasn't was, been at Arkansas. Was a joke. Houston Nut recruited him. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he was a junior college player, so he his time didn't spent. But he. Uh, 
that is uh, it's interesting that that Dalton was uh, was a Brett Bielema recruit in in his hometown is just a hop, skip, and a throw from Prophetstown, which is where Brett's from, and Brett came there and recruited him. Uh, the the major feature in Spring Grove, Illinois, which is just right on the the the, uh, the border between uh, Illinois and Wisconsin, northwest of Chicago, is a corn maze. It is supposed to be the world's biggest corn maze. And I promised him that I would not go through the corn maze. Um, and uh, we talked a lot about his wrestling. We do not have a name for him yet, a wrestling name. You know, is he Mr. Wrestling? Is he... You know, it's, what's he going to be? And I asked him if he's going to be a good guy or a bad guy, and he, he thinks maybe a bad guy. A heel. Yeah, so he'll be, you know, he'll be one of the villains. Uh, and also talked about his hair, that his dad played football and wore long hair, and that that's, uh, that's just kind of part of his family tree, that, you know, you have mm-hmm. have long hair. Now, he had it up in, you know, what would you call it, a, a man bun or mm-hmm. whatever? When we did the interview, and you, you wouldn't know that it would go down, you know, his back a good ways. Yeah. Uh, Normally, we would make fun. Really of Really fired man up about we won't their, their offense. You want to make fun of a six eight <laughs> no, guy? No, me neither. <laughs> so we'll leave the man bun alone when it comes to Dalton Wagner. So, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, I and I had forgotten that during the Chad Morris time, he got down to two seventy five. He's he's right at three forty right now. Yeah. It does not look fat. There's nothing. Fat on that man, um, yeah. He's he's pretty neat, and uh, you know we we talked a lot about offensive line play. He he listens to like Metallica, ACDC, Pearl Jam, and Ricky listens to rap. And just before they go out, they trade. Uh, would you say headsets or headphones? And each listens to something of the other to make themselves mad. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Guys, it's all about confidence when it's time for sex. Am I right? Sometimes stress, anxiety, or just a bad day can affect your performance and ruin the fun and passion for both of you. But don't worry. BlueChew.com is here to save the day. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew tablets help men combat all forms of ED. Because Blue Chew is an online prescription service, there are no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a very discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done on Online, Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. Blue Chew tablets are made right here in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code BELIEVE at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your first month free. 
You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next with zero carbs coming to a liquor store near you in February. The crowd's into it. They just threw him out of the game. They just threw him out of the game. He's gotten his second technical and he's been thrown out of the ball game. So it's our Morning Rush Daily question presented by Red River Dodge and Heber Screen, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. Tommy and Clay, steward in northwest Arkansas, is an LSU fan, and he listens to us every single day. He loves us. He's a transplant from Louisiana. And so he was talking with me a little bit last night. He's like a huge Tigers fan, but he loves all our content, Morning Rush, Halftime, Rush, Zach, and everything at hitthatline.com. So, with that being said, what is the easiest SEC fan base to get along with, in y'all's opinion, Ooh. that you have in the most in common with, that you've had inter- encounters and interactions with fans, and they've gone pleasantly, as pleasant as they could? What is the fan base, and Clay, you've done this longer, so you can hit this one first. What is the fan base that you have the least amount of trifle with, that you're you can at least come to a accord, if you will. Probably Mississippi State and South Carolina. I, you, yeah, I was going to say and, South Carolina. And, and LSU is is unique in that there are some that are just terrific, and their you know their warmth and their hospitality is is unparalleled. You you're you're just blown away by you know how how well you're treated, and then there's some others that are just nasty and revel in that and you know you just you kind of when you walk through those parking lots you're kind of treated both ways but at mississippi state you know as soon as you get out of your car there's somebody offering you you know a chunk of steak or some pork belly you know or just you know whatever and i don't mean pork belly because it's uh you know, it's Arkansas. That's what they have every time. And they can really cook. And those barbecue pits are rolling. And, uh, you know, you, you'll you'll see a healthy selection of different kinds of beers offered to you. And then Ole Miss, uh, you walk through the Grove, and they, they act like you're not there. They don't even see you. And, and, and if they do, they they sure not offer you anything. So they're, they're not – they don't qualify. Uh, Alabama – they're they're just entirely busy with telling each other how great they are and how much they're going to win by, and how they can't even believe that they have to play the game, that they're not just not just awarded another national championship for being Alabama. Yeah. You I, said South Carolina. I, well, I, that was that was the name uh, I was going to give. A, they, Arkansas and South Carolina came in at the league at the same time, and they shared a lot of the same struggles, but you know have similar. History. I think Arkansas had a better long-term history, obviously, than South Carolina in football. But since joining the SEC, both have had their ups and downs. Arkansas has gotten to the championship game more. But um, I think there's a lot of similarities and a lot of uh, the similar struggles. Synergy. Synergies would be a, a good word. You know, when we've, we see how dominant the West is now, but we forget how dominant the East was particularly with Tennessee and Florida in the 90s, and then Georgia was was in that mix some. South Carolina kind of sharing the, the, the struggles then that uh, 
and they and they got better with with Steve Spurrier. But I think there's a lot of things that are that are similar about Arkansas and South Carolina as far as fan bases, as far as your time in this league. Obviously, it's it's identical um, as far as just the, the, the struggles to get to the top of your division have been uh, similar in a lot of ways. Now I know you, Clay's been to Columbia. Have you ever been to Columbia? I've, out there? I've been to Columbia not for a game. I've, okay. I've been through Columbia on my uh, way to Augusta coming from the other side of it so but uh, um, but but they they're they're like Arkansas fans in a lot of ways too clay that you know for a long for a long time they didn't have winning seasons and a lot of success but at least for the first half South Carolina fans always showed up in in big numbers and and, and Arkansas has, has done that a lot too yeah so for instance I'll give you a baseball uh, deal that I guess this was two years ago. Arkansas is playing at South Carolina, and their fans in the outfield. When Robert Moore came to bat, did the the oompa oompa, you know, mm. little chant. Oompa oompa, yeah. The ninety percent of their fans were just incensed. They thought that was classless. They were disappointed. Uh, that's from somebody that was there, uh, you know, an Arkansas fan that, that traveled. Of course, he wasn't in the outfield where the students were. And, of course, Robert Moore hit two home runs that day. And that. they were adamant that, you know, we got what we deserved for that kind of classless action. And it just reminded me of, you know, the the bulk of Arkansas fans. You know, students are going to be students. And, you know, I, you know, I'm reminded of that when I'm around Ty because he's just going to be Ty. And... Uh, you know, it's just every once in a while you just get around a fan base that you think that they, they're they like you. And I've got relatives there, so I've hung out. I've got a cousin that uh, works in the Attorney General's office in, in Columbia. And uh, so I've been there a little few times uh, around her home and, and, and her friends socially. And it just their people just seem like they're from Arkansas. It, they got a little bit different accent, and they like to talk about their dance to shag. I don't know what you know. They they that's a that's a thing there. The but shag. It's, uh, yeah, I you know it's uh, you know I I heard that from Lou Holtz right after he got there. He says it's like being in Arkansas. I think you guys are on point with Ole Miss being very difficult to get along with for that would be you don't want to be like old miss no <laughs> i think that would be the one that i would say is the fan base that is least approachable i have not been to starkville but i haven't had any bad interactions with mississippi state one of my good friends former roommates in atlanta is a south carolina graduate he's coming to fayetteville for the first time and I got along with him great. Have not been to Columbia. I, I think probably you guys are on point, though, with either Mississippi State or South Carolina. I've had pleasant interactions with LSU fans, and but I've never been to Death Valley. And I think that's just a different scene where red <laughs> and doing that whole thing, maybe get an opportunity to do that next year. But I want to see what Auburn fans are like when we go to do that at the end of October. I'm excited for that trip. But it's, it's difficult because there's such passion and and intensity and vigor with each SEC fan base that it's very difficult to get along with the other one because you want to beat them so well, stinking badly. I think there's also Aub- something to Auburn it. has. I'm sorry, Tommy. Uh, Auburn has uh, a little bit of that Mississippi State, South Carolina flavor, mm-hmm. but they they, they are, uh, you know, they, they have this feeling that they're underappreciated and they're really good, and that the world is against them. Yes. And so they they've got that anti vibes, you know that, 
and and they're too busy trying to figure out are you are you a closet Alabama fan and do I want to hate you? No, I'm from Arkansas. <laughs> well, you got red on. Blah, blah. You know, I, I don't say that to me, but I, they say it to other people. They're they're just so paranoid that you might, you know, what's. Uh, you know, you might be a redneck. You might be, you might be right an now. Alabama fan. Yeah. You know, it's like, you, you know, we we don't like that. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Okay. All right. Well, we, we're past that. Well, they're too busy doing that. You know, it's the, I guess that's a paranoia, right? It's the, it, uh, the thing I was getting ready to say, all those schools, and, and Arkansas included, for whatever reasons, has that little brother complex. And I think it's Arkansas because of Texas and all the Southwest Conference days. Auburn because of Bama, obviously. No Mississippi question. State because of Ole Miss. South Carolina's got a little bit of that. And I don't know why. Because, Clemson. Well, but Clemson's success has only been recent. I know they were, you know, won a national title with Danny Ford in the 80s. But uh, there's, there was a long stretch where, you know, those programs were about equal. But... Uh, uh, but but all of them kind of share that that you know and listen Arkansas is right in that same boat. We've all you know got that chip on your shoulder, you know, feel inferior, and we got to prove something kind of mentality. So it's that I just call it little brother complex. Yeah, when you're around Kentucky football, I get it. You know, I I feel good vibes that they they you know they're they're uh, they're okay with you hanging out with them. But they want to real quickly. They want to remind you well. We're going to be in basketball season pretty soon, and we're going to kick your ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, that yeah. kind of deal. Mm-hmm. We're going to be and in basketball season. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be basketball season soon. And it as soon as football loses, it is basketball season there. <laughs> and they very I mean, it, One game's all it takes. Mark Stoops has made basketball start a little bit later in the fans' yeah, minds. Yeah, that's here, right. The last couple that's of years. That's right. So. I just thought that was an intriguing question because we do have like our, our friend Craig and Deer, diehard Tennessee Vols fan. Right. The guy that is not with us now because he's feeling a little under the weather and Bruce Stan. He's a diehard Tennessee fan, and I've had great interactions with him. When you live in Nashville, SEC melting pot, or you're in Atlanta, SEC melting pot, you interact with a bunch of different well, fans, and it's easy to pick up on certain things. I don't, and I haven't mentioned Tennessee. I think Tennessee and Arkansas share a lot of similarities with being no the, question. And I've had, and especially with the friends that I've made, being there, I would say that. Tennessee is also a, a fan base that I've interacted with and gone along great with. And I'm, I had fun in Knoxville when I was there. It's like, hey, where are you from? From Arkansas. Oh, well, they, they weren't, I'm going to say, they were not a lot of fun in the 90s. They oh, were not a lot of good. fun in the early 2000s to get along with. And uh, one, of the, one of the biggest heartbreaks of my adult life was that six overtime loss at Knoxville. I mean that Clay, you were there. That was that yep. was hard well, to stomach the way that uh, the way that game ended. Who was the quarterback for Tennessee then? Early two thousands. I don't know. Matt but, threw uh, that late touchdown to Richard Smith in the fourth quarter. That was at ninety two yards or something. It was a, up the the right sideline going. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like what, three or four minutes to go. Yeah, and they just lost him. <sighs> It's kind of like the decor. The, I mean, there were some tough. Ba- I mean, but Tennessee was the the class of the league for a long time in the nineties and, and early two thousand. And you went toe to toe with them in a good chunk of those games mm-hmm. on the road. And you played them every year. Played South Carolina every year, and it was you know kind of misplaying them on the regular. But uh, you know, at the time you got away from them, you didn't know the Tennessee football was going to kind of come unravel. But there was a time that that might as well have been playing Alabama or playing. Georgia right now when Arkansas was having to play Tennessee every and, year. And I want to apologize for saying that Ole Miss is the worst fan base. Texas A&M is the worst fan base. <laughs> I, I, uh, Ole Miss has the worst baseball fans. 
I, I, I could not be more annoyed by any of the Texas A&M fans that I've come into contact with. So they are at the, and that's just me having a brain fart this morning. Texas A&M is easily, and I say that, there's some I met who listen to this show that are really nice, including a, a good friend of mine, but I just, I, I cannot stand that fan base and that institution. It's the worst in all of the country. I wish College Station was not on the map at all, or even in the conference. But yeah, just wanted to run that by this morning with the interaction that I had with Stewart. Uh, who's an LSU fan that listens to our program every day up in Northwest Arkansas. All right, all of that uh, great question brought to you by Red River Dodge this morning in Heber Springs. Bruce Stanton normally with us this time. We'd be talking a little bit of Tennessee. He'd love that conversation there. He'll be back next week feeling a little bit under the weather this week. The Booyah Pop and Pad Crasher from Pradco is the lure to go to. Jason Christie, he's the 2022 Bassmaster Classic champion. This is what he keeps around, the Pop and Pad Crasher and the Pop and Pad Crasher Junior. It's the smaller version, and it works great on the Arkansas River. Frog fishing is a favorite thing for many of us to do this time of the year, particularly in the summer. And the Pop and Pad Crasher Junior is the right size and the right hook setup to help you catch them. Find it at LureNet.com and tackle stores everywhere. It is the Booyah Pop and Pad Crasher Jr. Clay, I know that Tommy and I have made jokes about sitting in on a Eric Mossman practice this season. We're going to get a chance to tomorrow night at 4, I say tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon at, at 4 o'clock and we haven't talked basketball this much, at least since I've been around, which has only been about four years. I mean, when's the last time that you have spent this much time in a summer and eventually fall with a really good football yeah. team, or at least what we think is a really good football team, and talked this much basketball. Is there a- probably, probably 94, 95. Yeah. You know, I think back to the you know back-to-back Final Four trips, the national championship and the national runner-up, those teams we talked about all year round. I mean, it was – we celebrated with, uh, with all those guys throughout that summer, you know, the summer of 94. Uh, and how could you not? So I, I would say all the way to the end. Um, and I think any time that they've had summer foreign travels, there would be some practices then that we would, you know, we would get interested in it because it, that's what's going on right now, right? They're about to to launch a, a travel, right? Um, but that's right, and I was—I'm very glad that you realized that four o'clock wasn't nighttime. You know, I, you know that Changed I worry about you a little bit. Well, yeah. someone your age, you know, it's a little confusing sometimes, Clay. That no, you know, it is about dinner for time. time. So. <laughs> no, I, Clay, I'm going to be honest, man. I think I go to bed earlier than you. I mean, I got to be up at four a.m. each day. So I—that's why I said that. There's a good it's chance it's confusing for you because you're you're early to rise early to retire mm-hmm. except on weekends I'm, I'm really i'm trying to harness and um and feel as much clay henry as possible and <laughs> you're doing going good early. i'm not this is Blue not special, critical early all. You, see you're you've got a paranoia when i speak you duck you think <laughs> it's about to be duck. launched right i do yes i'm just waiting like to get yeah, so here it comes in. clay's back when clay says wait a minute let's back up i just i I was going to talk about how you kind of have an old soul that that that's very uncharacteristic for your age. That you go to bed early and you get up and you prepare and you're ready to go. I so I really hate that I just did that, but but it's a you know it's a backhanded compliment, yeah, a bitter tasting compliment yeah. coming from Clay Henry. All right, so 
if you're in that, if you're in the uh, the practice facility, the Eddie Sutton practice uh, court today or uh, tomorrow, what do you want to see, and what's the most interesting part? of the practice to you that that may not just be watching a a Nick Smith or, or picking out a player, see what Devo looks like. What, what's, what's kind of one of the things with synergy or chemistry or something like that you're wanting to, to see clay. I think that's, that's it just right there. That the, what kind of chemistry there is when you have all these new guys. And I think that's what will be talked about by the players and the coaches that, that whether they have it or not, they will say they do, mm-hmm. and the only thing that reveals that is adversity. That they they've had no adversity yet. I mean, it's all kumbaya. They're they're having cookouts and they're going to Top Golf. And I, I mean, I Eric don't know Musselman's this. their only adversity at this point. Correct, because he creates the difficulty of the practice. Yeah, in in this, the coaching staff, they're going to be correcting things or whatever, but. You can kind of watch, and you might pick out and say, "Who's who's leading? Is it Devo? You know, it's in, you know that that's not his his role wasn't that in the past, but but maybe it is now. Yeah. And who among these older new players, uh, the transfers, they, they can step out and be leaders. They might have been leaders somewhere else. And I think that that early last year that was a problem to identify okay whose whose team is this we knew it, it after a while it was it was JD and Jalen right and but just who's who's kind of taking charge and who who has a voice out there that carries and that you hear it may not may not be any of them that yeah. might be something to note but that's uh that's what I want to see and then just the overall talent who can do their stuff you know who's Who's got a left hand to go to it with a right hand? That, that you take away the right hand, which is what happens in college, and who can still uh, create and get their shot? Yeah, I want to see if Nick Smith looks like a freshman or if he looks like a veteran player. Which uh, do you think he's going to look like? Well, I mean, this time of the year, it's in August, probably more like the freshman at this point. But I don't think so. But, but, I think he's going to. I think with all the stuff that he's done. You know, in the the summer already, you know, the the national team, I think he's going to look like a stud. You're probably right. I I think he's going to be the best player on the team when it's all said and done. And the better he is, the better this team's going to be. So if I'm going in to watch one player and I'm going to zero in on one guy, it's Nick Smith. Because I think this team will go as far as he will take them in February and March. Now, I don't know that that will be on display in an August practice. And I think these... This trip to, to Spain and Italy is so key to maybe jump-starting the chemistry you were just talking about, Clay. We know that Eric Musselman's teams have not come out of the gate at, at a fast pace in November and December. Uh, I was talking earlier before you joined us that you know getting to somewhere near 30 regular season wins and giving the committee something to evaluate to maybe put you in a one- or two-seed type situation, taking care of business in November is important to that. And being ready at the beginning to conference play. Eric Musselman's teams have played great at the end of the year. They have not always played their best basketball, and nor do we want them to play their best in November, but I think they've got to have an elevated launching pad this year, and I'm hoping this international trip will elevate the launching pad in November. Because yeah, if you want to get that one or two seed like we talked yeah. about, there's a, you just got to start a, a little bit quicker. they got to win more. Yeah, you know? nothing wrong with finishing strong, but I think a lot of Arkansas fans would love to see them play in Kansas City in that Sweet 16 Elite Eight. Here's mine, yep. and I just looked this up. Arkansas under Muss has never finished within the top 170 in three-point shooting. Can this team shoot? Hmm. 
They defend, they defend it they, well. They defend it. Can yeah, you bury and, it? And you know? can you can you knock down threes? And I think that no. the floor spacing at times, and it's hard to say at times because they've gone back to back elite eight appearance. And he would tell you, Eric would tell you that their shooting has been a struggle since he's gotten there. Because again, the stat shows you you've not finished within the top one seventy. Which is what three hundred fifty three mm. teams in all of college basketball. Haven't finished in that. Can this team shoot? Can Joseph Pinion get on the floor? Devo improved this three point shooting last year. What does Nick, what does Nick shoot like? What does Anthony shoot like? What does Jordan shoot like? What do these guys as freshmen and then also the transfers who they're the transfers that came in weren't great shooters percentage wise to begin with, good defenders and good overall basketball players, but it gets crowded at times and floor spacing is key. I want to see if I can. See if this team is going to be able to space the floor a little bit because I know they're going to be able to defend and I know they're going to be able to get to the rack. But can you shoot and knock down threes when teams are crunching the lane and crowding the lane and making you beat them from the three point arc? That's where I'm going to be looking at. That's good. I, I would think that what you see in that regard right now probably won't give you a clue. You know as to you know how that's going to be that they're they what they're doing right now. Is uh, I'll be surprised if tonight's or this afternoon's practice isn't all about defense. You know, right now they're trying to learn defensive rotations, defensive rules, how you're going to play the pick and roll. Those are the things they're establishing in great depth and you know very fine technical terms. That those are the things you see in coaching points and that. The smoothness of an offense were to reveal three-point shooting, unless it's just a drill where there's, they're shooting against air, yeah. and I don't think that tells you anything think, at all. Yeah. What was it last? Not last year, but the year before, they were number one in the SEC in scoring. I think Moses this year they had the number yeah. one team score, and that's with a, just a decently okay three-point shooting prowess. So yeah. if they can get that going too, let's watch out. But to Clay's point, I think we all know this, and it's pretty obvious with Eric Musselman. Who's going to play the best defenders? Yeah, so, and that's what they're going to work on. Yeah. And the reason why you lead, anytime you lead an offense, uh, there's an exception, Loyola, Marymount, and there's some teams that, uh, that man, all they did is they, they didn't even play defense. You got you got yours, but they're going to get a few more is what they were trying to do. But they score so much out of their defense, yeah. you know, in transition. And th- that's what they're trying to get set right now. And that's that's why they'll win, if if they win. Yeah. Going to be fun to watch, and uh, we'll uh, be talking about it here on the Morning Rush after that uh, open look at the practice coming up uh, tomorrow with uh, Eric Musselman's team before they head overseas. It's a great time to shop for jewelry. Our selection of inventory is wonderful, from very inexpensive boutique pieces to the finest diamonds and gemstones in the world. But now is such a cool time. No longer are you limited by one person's vision of beauty. We can make anything you can imagine. We can use your materials, or we can provide everything. You can see the finished jewelry as a 3D digital rendering before you even start the job. Start your journey of a lifetime with us at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. I think about 
the good and the bad. There's always pros and cons in anything. And when you think about the term practice, I always think about this. Not a game. Not a, not a, not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about practice, man. And that's Allen Iverson, who that rant that rant has been played over and over and over again. Some of you were great practice players, and you weren't good in the games. Some of you were terrible, didn't give any effort in practice because the games are what mattered. So when you think about your practices early on in life, y'all, you think about the feeling after practice, how exhausted or how, how proud you were that you managed to get through it, maybe some of the team camps that were kind of part of practice, uh, just kicking on the field with your teammates. What are you guys, the cold water? That was something I enjoyed. It was like a hot day, two-a-days, which, and running over to the, the not the spritzer, but whatever it's called, the sprayer. And we had to bring water. our own water. It was, it was awesome. So yeah. what do you guys remember, good well, and bad, about practices? I remember, and Clay can relate to this, we didn't have it as bad, at least as bad as the stories my dad told about his practices. My dad played for the legendary Bill Stansel, and they talked about how bad practice was, how hard practice was, and that the games were easy because practices were so hard. I think we evolved, at least when I played in the, the 80s and early 90s, that uh, you know at least it was a little more. And I only played through my ninth grade year and then got into radio. But you know those practices, you know, listening to my dad, and I, and I think every generation's like that. But Clay, you can probably uh, shed a little more light on that because you and my dad were about the same age. That you know those coaches back then that had come through the forties and the fifties and were, were coaches in the in the in the sixties and seventies. It was brutal back then. So I played junior high football, Plasky Heights. Uh, mid to late 60s three years my coach was woody jolly who later uh was coach at uh uh oh i mean he i think he coached high school and maybe a little college and that was back in the day when they gave you salt tablets mm-hmm. and no water and that's just unfathomable right you, you probably never knew that Put you in happened. jail today yeah yeah and now you also have to remember we didn't have air conditioners anywhere there weren't air conditioners in the schools there's we did not have air conditioner in our house we had a ceiling fan you didn't go upstairs till way after 10 o'clock because it was just you 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 know you just lay in bed and sweat you didn't have a ceiling fan you had an attic fan yeah we had an attic fan yeah it's the last time you saw those in air, you know the windows are wide open mm-hmm. and, you know you can hear every sound out you know every car that goes by i mean it's just it's just a, a different <laughs> Different era. These guys are looking at you like, uh, is this guy from How another did you world? Survive? Goodness gracious! Yeah. You didn't know any better. Yeah, no, that's what that that nobody had air conditioner. My dad, my dad's talked about. He didn't have central heat and air in their house till his junior year of high school. Our, our weight room did not have it. It was a, a trailer, and I yeah. remember that was just as I mean, we'd leave the windows open, but when it's ninety and sometimes one hundred mm-hmm. degrees outside. It, that doesn't do any good. I mean, I'm 46. I don't remember a day from kindergarten on. We didn't have air conditioning in the school, but that's the yeah. way it was back then. So. No, but we didn't have it. And they started school a little later, and you know they might uh, we might go earlier in September and let out you know before the heat of the day hit. You know we might be done from school at two o'clock, but we went a lot earlier. Uh, you know, what what uncommon for me to walk home. 
from school, both in junior high and high school. And I'm not talking about, you know, two blocks. So you guys never, you know, we, you know, I walked uphill both ways, right? <laughs> in the snow. Right? Now, where you, you've told me this before, your house was close to War Memorial. Plasky Heights. Yeah. So Plasky Heights is on the north side of Markham. Yeah. Our house was on the south side of Markham. So it was about, probably about uh, three or four miles. Yeah. I'm just trying to put well, I mean, it, I'm not saying that's an easy walk. And it's through the shade. There's, a, you know, a, Every street had huge trees, so it's not like you walked in the in the sun. Uh, but I, sometimes I walked home after football practice. Can't it's you not, do, no big deal. Can't you, you just know? picture saying, Orville saying to Clay and his brothers, builds character, son. When you get and through walking son, home, mow the yard. yard so. None of that was discussed. It just, you just did it. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't... you. Uh, I knew my brothers walked home, so I mean, why, you know, why why not me? I mean, it's just that's the way it was. But I I got to tell you, the best drills, you know, in playing high school basketball, at Little Rock Central, I was on the team, and you know, we ran line drills, and they they were miserable. But that's the point. I mean, I wasn't the greatest basketball player, but I could be in shape, and I was really fast. So those were the drills that I wanted to make the older guys look bad. And I just ran them into the ground. You know, they're going to play regardless. But that was my time to shine. And I got scolded by teammates for beating them by, you know, half of the floor length in line drills. You know, some of those big guys, it was pretty hard for them. But, I mean, I was little and weighed about 120, so I can run all day. Now, I remember talking to a lot of the older Razorback football players about the late 50s and 60s when Wilson Matthews is running uh, the conditioning drills and the drills at the start of practice. And what they did at the start of practice, you cannot do anymore. They had what they called the fit drill. And it didn't have anything to do whether you were, you know, fitness or anything. You lined up and you did stretching, calisthenics, and then he blew the whistle. And for one minute, you had a fit against the man next to you. You could mm-hmm. do anything you wanted. You could you could kick him somewhere that's unmentionable. You could hit him in the head. Of course, that wasn't smart. They're wearing a helmet. You could punch him. You could throw him down. Anything you want. It was a fit. And when you lined up for calisthenics, you looked to see. Who was beside you? You did not want to be standing beside, you know, Wayne Harris or Lloyd Phillips. <laughs> so, uh, and it was a way to find out who's the toughest. And it, you know, didn't last but a minute. But for one minute, you know, say if I'm next to Ty, Ty would have been punished, pummeled. He, he would have, he he would have been down. I would have been knees on his chest. And I would have been poking his eyes out. I mean, is there anything went? Two feisty Little Rock guys going, you're a scrawny 120, Clay. I would have laid waste to you back in the day if we were in the same w- But that's not when. That's not what I would have been when I would jump on you. I, I, <laughs> I, I was bigger than that as a senior. Yeah. Okay. Uh, some of the others that we've got listed, like being Clarksville, hated being on the Skins team when it was shirt for Skins. Now, as a um, – as an equal rights opportunist, I advocated, as some of my teammates did, that the uh, the females that practice on the other side of the court should yeah. also do that. Follow those but rules. At Little Rock Christian Academy, the administration was not in favor of that whatsoever. But we just kept asking our coach, like, hey, coach, why can't they do shirts for skin? He'd, he'd get mad and make us run suicides or stuff like that. But I think about suicides on the basketball court. 
gassers on the football field when you just run across the way. We did bleachers. You guys did bleachers, right? Oh, just run up and down. Um, the two days you were talking about. What about a coach just chewing you out? Kraft, get your ass over here and just grabbing. Well, I'm trying. They used to grab you by the face, man. I think that's kind of out of style now. They, they did and you would, yeah, they did you, you would know whether or not they had beech nut or skull in uh, usually <laughs> by the was, time it got over. I don't think it was as prevalent as it was probably when you were playing. But you, said, I mean, oh, I, yeah. and I mean, like the beech nut or skull. Uh, RDC at the, our high school. He was he was a grizzly wintergreen man, and you could definitely tell. And oh, you yeah. got some on your face a few times. <laughs> I don't I don't remember if at I, I think Little Rock Christian was a tobacco free campus. I don't I don't think all the coaches. So was my high school. All of them are. I don't know. They all didn't mean are. it didn't exist. I was going to say I don't think <laughs> they are. They have been and they are today. I don't think some of the coaches abided by that. I don't remember. You think? <laughs> I don't remember ever getting dipped spit in my face, but I definitely get re- remembered getting spit on and from a lot of saliva directly on it. And you just kind of, I try not to laugh because I'll be like, coach, you're spitting everywhere. And then I would just have to either run more, I'd get yelled at more. But that was definitely something because you just be Richardson, Kraft, Henry, Barrett, get over here. they grab you over, whether it's football, basketball, and baseball, and just rip you a new one. And you just have to sit there and take it. Just take it like a wounded dog. And you couldn't so, do anything yeah. about it except for taking it. And I got a good tobacco juice story. The, the, um, well, really, there's two. So I'm playing baseball, Lamar Porterfield, and I was 15. And I think David Rose showed up with the bag of uh, Red Man. And so we all were going, I'm the catcher. And, you know, you got to make sure you don't, you spit and don't swallow. Well, about the third inning, there was a fly ball behind me and I turned, you know, with the mask and I got a whole big, you know, juicy taste of that went right down mm. the throat. And I mean, it took about an inning and I'm over in the corner of the dugout just you, puking my guts green, out. weren't you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So that's the last time I ever tried that. But in college, our golf coach was Cliff Horton, who was the athletic director. He'd drive these, uh, UCA station wagons. Remember station wagons? I don't think they really exist anymore. It's Lampoon's Vacation. National Lampoon's yeah. Vacation. You'll These see a were green one. Massive, yeah. massive station wagons. And, you know, we could have him and five golfers and then all of our golf bags in the way back. And he chewed. And depending on what score you had shot in the previous match and what your ranking was on the team, you got to pick the seat. Well, obviously, you wanted to be front seat you want to ride shotguns what the, we call that nobody does anybody say we're riding shotguns oh, yeah. anymore mm-hmm. uh, and My if you were low man on the team then you shot you sit in the back seat right behind him he had the window down in the front seat he did have air conditioner in that station wagon but he would spit out the window and you know about a third of it blew right back into the back seat on right behind him mm-hmm. so that guy we had UCA white T-shirts or golf shirts, polos. <laughs> he had a polka dot golf shirt. Yeah. That guy did. And the one in the middle would have a little bit on his left shoulder, a little bit of polka dot. You did not want to be in the back seat because he would just he had just covered. Now, one other story. He would leave us at the match, and we played at Arkadelphia against Harding, Washtenaw, and then Benton against a lot of schools. That was kind of a, you know, five schools would come to Benton because it was central part of the state. He would leave us on the range, go to Oaklawn, 
play the ponies, and be back about the time that we finish up near dark to take us home. And if we got to eat on the way home, it didn't have anything to do whether we played well or not. It was how he did it with the ponies. <laughs> so he was he was gambling your meal money, huh? Yeah, he definitely gambled our meal money. <laughs> Man. Golly, some of these stories that – not the – what's the – Situation where if you have a bad childhood home, protective services, yeah. or whatever. Uh, I don't know if they, they are also get involved with sports. Maybe that's more the AAA than anything. But the AAA would have a field day with some of the stuff that y'all shared. And we've we have had a this ton is of this would be NAI. Yes, <laughs> you know NAI stands for no rules. Yeah. Well, this is why we're soft today. This is why everybody uh, claims there's no toughness. This, this is what made you tough back in the days. You know, walking uphill both ways in the snow. I, I'm not home. complaining about any of this. I'm just telling you that's that the way was. it was. Hearing the, I'm seeing some text about 100-yard bear crawls. We yep. did. Oh, those are terrible. Now, bear crawl. 100-yard anything was in full pads was terrible. Death crawls with someone on your back, or it's usually the offensive mm-hmm. defense alignment that's having to hold a wide receiver running back. That's a death crawl. The bear crawl is just when you're solo dolo by yourself. By the time you get done, you're just, you just fall. Because you're, I mean, I think the, the longest we ever did was 50. I don't think we ever did a hundred like in facing the Giants, but man, those are those were not fun. And like you said, in pads is even worse. Mm. Yeah, I mean, in making it a hundred yard, that was tough on the linemen. You know, if you had team yeah. drills and you know winner gets to quit, man, if you were a lineman, you might as well just lay down in the first twenty yards. You're going to get beat anyway. Did y'all split yeah. up the skill positions and then the linemen? Because it's it's kind of unfair to ask, hey. Offensive lineman at two forty, you got to beat this scrawny wide receiver at a buck thirty in a in a gasser. We would split up times to make it fair for at least those guys so I they can yeah. compete against each other. Because that's you're asking the guy that's just not going to happen. Lyman run with lineman usually, yeah. yeah. So I, I, you know, some of the, I played through ninth grade, and it, it, so it, I don't have as many war stories as probably some of you guys, but. Uh, you know, that was back when you had two-a-days, and I guess you had two-a-days a while longer after that, but gosh, two-a-days have been gone for 10 years now, 15? It's been, I, been, it's been we, a while since... Hey, we had three got rid of them. junior high. We never we, left. Well, we never had that. I think we did We had them through my junior year, I know for sure, but I didn't play football my senior year to concentrate more on baseball. I think we had them when I was in junior high, and I, I'm like you, didn't play past that point, but... I want to say they were still going on then, and the high school, if I remember correctly, was doing late two thousand well. somewhere in there. It, yeah, they you know because of the heat. Now they got that uh, wet bulb or whatever, and the heat and humidity get to a certain point, they just shut practice down. See, and crazy. the coach has nothing to do. It's, it's like the trainers in charge of it. Now, what about that's when we would do our running? Yeah, yeah, intentionally. They, I mean, we didn't they start had, the second what, practice. What do you call it? A wet bulb? Yeah, that's what they. That's what the uh, coaches say it is, and the 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 the, the, the trainer, like that, the team trainer has all the power to. To shut it down in most cases, so yeah. The only the way we shut down practice is if the coach fell out. Yeah. <laughs> Did y'all have if someone screwed up, didn't show up to practice, was late, didn't complete a strength and conditioning drill? Would the coach look at you guys and say, "All right, this person so and so wasn't able to complete or show up or whatever"? You lose as a team, you fail as a team. One equals was was that the cliche in the phrase that you would often because that's what was used with us that if someone didn't show up to practice no. or there were various things that one or two guys couldn't do. Well, 
we are teams. We got to do it over. We got to do this now. That was something that was used over and over no, in I just high re- school for I us. just remember there'd be a list, and they would usually give the list before practice. And you could be added to the list for after, during the practice to stick around, but they would, they would announce during stretch drills who needed to stay after practice for what they called a help session. We're going to have help, hey, session. help session. So you'd stay, at, and the help sessions... We're going to help you remember. We're gonna, exactly. We're going to help you remember. So they would have help sessions after practice, and they usually consisted of uh, some of them bear crawl drills you were talking about and uh, some up-downs and um, things of that nature that would help you remember, like Clay said. Yeah, we had a hell, a hill. I'm sorry, it was hell. Yeah. We had a hill at the end of practice field at Plasky Heights. There's now a gym there, but we had to run that hill. Oh, that was that was brutal. And you did a big lap around, down the hill, around the side on the sidewalk, and then straight back up that hill. And it was I, it was not as long as Cleveland Hill, but it was just as much straight up. And, and of course, the football cleats would tear it up, so you you couldn't get any traction, so you basically went up it, you know, with your hands and knees like a bear crawl. And it was, you know, your hands would got cut up, but I mean, you didn't, you didn't stop. There was no, no stop, and you know, and and if you threw up, you threw up somewhere else. And you know, I can remember Coach Jolly on, do not throw up on my hill. I mean, it's it was Marine type stuff. You mentioned Cleveland Hill. My only experience that was rough on Cleveland Hill because I wasn't going to volunteer myself and do what the basketball players have to do, what seems like every offseason. So I was driving up my scooter and I don't remember what happened, but it stopped or something was malfunctioning. And so I had to walk it up the hill. And I thought the back of my legs were going to rip open because of how much my ankles and stuff hurt. That was And that was just walking, trying to slash jog and push the scooter up the hill. I can't even imagine. Like We've had to run uphill on certain things before that's just so much harder on your is it Achilles is that what it basically is back the, there your hamstrings yeah your hamstrings Achilles, all that. Achilles. It's all tied it, together. I just remember how Top tight it was and we would walk around campus calves. One day. yeah yeah so the, um I got a good one this came from Robert Dew uh, who played in the uh, Arkansas in the late 60s 70s uh, he played in a freshman game at Tulsa and scored a touchdown on a punt return he threw the ball in the stands and was thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And so gets home. Uh, Wilson Matthews is at the bus, and he gets off, and he says, Hey, you throw the ball in the stands? He said, Yes, sir, won't do it again. He goes, No, you won't. See me at uh, 5 a.m. <laughs> inside the stadium. No, you won't. <laughs> uh, and there was a barrel of footballs at the 50-yard line right next to the uh, to the uh, east stands, 50-yard line. Another barrel at the top row. And Wilson says, these, my footballs, need to be in that barrel up there. <laughs> Carry them all Got up. Got them all up. And he started Ooh, carrying them. No, no, no. One at a time. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, one, man. Once they got him up there, he said, now my footballs are in the wrong barrel. I need them back down here. So after he finished that, he said, Coach, I, I think you understand. I'll never throw a football in the stands again. <laughs> so, hey, real quick before we go, Ty, great play. If you're going to that basketball practice, if you're in Northwest Arkansas or Russellville, CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers. The place to have a great meal. Yeah, coming back to Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium this fall. Also, the two great locations on Wennington Avenue in Fayetteville and on Arkansas Avenue in Russellville. When all you do are burgers, they have to be the best, and they are 
at CJ's. Bud Light Next is available nationwide today, anywhere you can buy your other Bud Light products. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.